2: Welcome in to The Black Fern Show. It is great to have you joining us today. I'm Kirsty Stanway and it's an honour to be here with you. Well, what a weekend we've had of women's rugby. We have had three weeks now. We've done three rounds of the Women's Rugby World Cup and our quarter-finalists, our final eight have been found. Can you believe it? It's come around so quickly but we are already into the playoff matches which is just fantastic. Before we run through that, coming up on the Black Fern Show today, we have some great guests for you. First and foremost, from Spark Sports, Sini Naupu. She is fantastic. I cannot wait for you to hear her story. We're going to run through uh, the weekend's matches with her. She's obviously... She's been at all of them. She's been at both Whangarei and she's been at Waitakere with Spark Sport, of course, as part of the uh, presenter team. So she's been able to look at all of the teams involved in the Women's Rugby World Cup so far. But... She's got a great backstory as well. She is a Samoan Kiwi who grew up in Oamaru. She moved over to Ireland with her partner who moved over to play rugby. And since then, since 2009, she's just gone from strength to strength. She's played for Connaught She's played for the Leicester women's side. She has played for Ireland. Uh, she's played 48 times or been capped 48 times for the Irish side. And she won a Six Nations Triple Crown with them in 2016. She also went to the last rugby world cup in 2017 as well but decided in august this year to hang up her boots it's a fantastic story and we cannot wait to get her on the program plus rob jones you are going to love this guy he's a welshman but he's an honorary kiwi now because he's been here for the last two decades he's head of pe at fielding high school in manawatu that school has been a nursery for so many uh, male and female players in new zealand rugby Think about the names like Goss or Now Hiddeny as she is known, the captain of the Black Ferns 7 side and the number 7 for our Black Ferns at the Rugby World Cup. Amy Cocaine is another who has come through his women's rugby programme. She's a hooker for England and one of the best in the world as well as Georgia Ponsonby as well who turns out in our Black Ferns side. Those two are coming up on the programme plus. So much more for you but first here's a little bit of news.
1: The Blackburns Show Quick Hits.
2: Okay, time now to run our eye over round three of the Women's Rugby World Cup. It started on Saturday up in Whangarei. It was a sensational afternoon on your long weekend, and it was a full house as well. Go and look up some pictures if you haven't already, because the bank was full, and there is nothing better than seeing it like that. Australia kicked things off for the day against Wales, beating them thirteen to seven. It was a close encounter, but that has pushed Australia through to the quarterfinals. New Zealand then took on Scotland and well, that was an absolute hiding. 57 nil. Uh, Wayne Smith had shaken things up again. He'd tried some new players. Aisha leti on the wing. She's back from injury and it was so great to see her back out there scoring tries as well. Uh, Renee Wycliffe scored a double on the, on the right wing and it was good to see Renee Holmes back at fullback as well. 57 nil for the Black Ferns again Scotland. Now Wayne Smith has got a few selection headaches on Saturday evening. France took on Fiji once again. It was another blowout scoreline: forty-four 0 forty-four 0 France over Fiji. But this is why France are one of the top-ranked sides in this competition, and they're going to go close, aren't they? They are going to be tough competition for the Black Ferns when we end up facing them on Sunday. Japan took on Italy. And for Italy, it was for a place in the quarterfinals. No men's or women's Italian rugby side have ever made the quarterfinals of a Women's Rugby World Cup. They won that game 21-8 to and progressed through to the quarters, the final eight. Canada took on USA. This one, a great big uh, sister, little sister rivalry going on. They take on each other. at so much sports and the rugby rivalry is no different. Canada, a very, very strong side. They beat the USA 29 points to 14 before England rounded out the afternoon at Waitakere Stadium in West Auckland with a huge scoreline. It's more like a cricket scoreline 75 zip. 75 zip, let that one soak in, and there were tries galore. They scored 13 tries, every single one of them, to their forwards, rolling more tries, England doing what they do best. So what does that mean for this weekend coming up? Well, we've got a jam-packed weekend of rugby on Saturday. Front's take on Ireland in quarterfinals 1, 4.30 on Sky Sport. New Zealand take on Wales at 7.30 on Saturday night. Do not forget, set your calendars, set your reminders right now because that is going to be a mammoth, mammoth match on Sunday at Waitakere, England go up against Australia at 1.30 before Canada take on the USA at 4.30. That is the quarterfinals lineup, and we're going to go over that right now with Spark Sport commentator and presenter, Senina Upu.
0: This is the
1: Rugby World Cup preview. Rugby World Cup on Spark Sport.
2: Well, Sene, thank you so much for coming in. You're the first guest we've had come into studio, so it's great to have you here. Now, you've been able to watch every game of the Rugby World Cup live. You've had the best seat in the house with Spark Sport. So first,
0: how have you been enjoying the experience and also welcome home? Oh, thanks so much, Kirsty. Well, firstly, I actually um, have a big family and they're all fans of you. So they were like, (laughs) make sure you go into the studio. Um, So awesome to be here. Thanks for having me. It's been uh, uh, phenomenal to just be here at the World Cup and, you know, support a lot of peers who are actually my friends across all the teams uh, and then to even have the opportunity to chat code. I love it um, alongside a couple of, or few or just some wonderful Wahi Netor who are also my friends too mm. and especially Sumo who has just been phenomenal. It's just... It's been pretty special, quite surreal actually. You really do have a dream team. Mate. You
2: have the most unbelievable team uh, that are putting this to air with Spark Sport and you're doing such a great job as well. If we look at round three's action, uh, there were a couple of blowouts. There were some big cricket scores in there. We saw the end of the likes of Fiji, who came to their first ever Rugby World Cup. South Africa, who were back for the first time in a long time. Um, what result really stood out to you over the weekend? Oh,
0: that... that that's a good question. Um, first, firstly, actually, this this World Cup, the, the points differential has been almost half than what it was at the last World Cup, which is just remarkable and a testament to how far the game has come globally. Uh, oh, which game? I think um, I enjoyed the Sakuras, the Japan-Italy game. Great to watch oh, those yeah, two teams. Yeah, those rugby. two teams, because... Italy have the flair, they both have similar styles. Um, Otsuka for Japan, the Aoha, she's been flying it, um, and Sena Seto, their captain, and then the likes of um, your just stalwarts and their Sarah Baratine and, and the girls for Italy. So I thought that was, that was a good uh, game to set off the second day of round three. Uh, obviously, that black the game tētai tokoro on a Saturday afternoon, that full bank. Can you tell us uh, what it was
2: actually like being there? Because we were watching it on TV and that was one of the most
0: remarkable scenes I've ever seen across sport. I'm honestly, this is so cheesy, I'm actually almost going to cry. This is actually like, uh, you know, I I genuinely, this is the, like I got into rugby watching my brother, 13 years old, on a bank, on a sunny afternoon, Saturday. Mm. Little girl watching my bro in North Otago, Ali, play, um, and he inspired me into rugby. And then I looked at that bank full of kids, girls and boys, parents, families, festival, atmosphere, media, commercial, everyone on, supporting the Wahineeto, our Black Ferns in Scotland. Scotland who actually beat Ireland Mm -hmm. to get there at the World Cup. Um... Yeah, it was actually really special because this is the generation that girls and boys will be inspired to play rugby because of because of the women playing here in the World Cup.
2: You're making me emotional as well. You've been there. I mean, you've lived it. You know what it's been like for women in the sport, not just in New Zealand but across the world, and a shift has happened, hasn't it? We have seen a massive change, and now there are supporters everywhere you
0: go. Yeah, absolutely, Kirsty. And the cool thing, the scary thing, is that it's only the beginning. Mm. I think it's... Um, it's one thing for us because we, we've always, we know we're like the, you know, you preach to the converted. We've been like that for many mm. years, us involved in the game, not just women and girls, but the volunteers and coaches who, who are male as well and all the clubs and communities around the world. But, you know, newcomers to the game, that, that's really important as well to just, you know, support how accessible and amazing and fantastic, uh, not just the players, yeah. our women's players, but the atmosphere and environment. And I think when we're... <laughs> like, I had my first uh, opportunity on the sideline on Saturday and uh, we rotate our team, uh, our EPs, Randall Monroe, who was awesome, and John McDonald for TV3 and Randall's the spark. But, um, you know, they rotate our team. They're just awesome to give us different opportunities. And then uh, I had to run from the pitch up to the panel so we do the thing after every game we go back to back and I go from the pitch to the panel and I literally from here get up can see people we know it's just unbelievable family friend, like everyone's cheering you just feel the hype and you go up and you're just pumped and you come mm-hmm. back down and you just feel the energy and you're pumped again so it was actually quite a privilege there's nothing like that is there there's yeah. nothing can replicate that yeah and then the footy is unreal yeah. too <laughs>
2: <laughs> the whole thing, like this, is such a great celebration of rugby, and I think we all wanted this, but we didn't know if it was going to happen, and it has. It's far exceeded all expectations, right? And we're only three weeks into this. Now we get into the knockout football.
0: Yeah, absolutely. This weekend will be super exciting. Yeah. Um, with, with Saturday and Waitakere, and I hope people, uh, you know, I hope people can uh, find the time to get down and, and fill that out. And and if you can't, obviously, you can watch us on Spark Sport. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Blackburns game on Spark and TV3. But, yeah, it's going to be a good battle, these two games, especially the first one, it's yeah. Italy and France. That is huge because these two teams, and you've played against
2: both of them in the Six Nations, but they play against one another all the time, right? They're neighbours. They, they
0: are. And the last time they played each other, Italy beat them. So That's huge. Oh, it's huge. Um, but you can never underestimate a France team when they're on. When they're on, they'll beat anyone. Yeah. Uh,
2: I mean, they are missing one of their key players, right? One of the best halfbacks in the world, unfortunately, got injured last week. Lawson Sir,
0: and retired. That was it. Mm. But they've still got just so many players that they can cover that. It's ah, uh, it's scary that you know the depth. When Pauline yeah. Boudon comes on, Pauline actually was the you know she was a consistent starter. Since it was obviously, a veteran and just wonderful player. And she's still so young. Mm. Um, but it's almost like. You lose one world-class player and there's no shortage of someone else to step in and, you know, to, to sort of take that responsibility for France and Pauline proved it as an MVP against a game they needed to win by, you know, bonus point against Fiji.
2: I love France. I love Italy. I'm so, they're like one of one of <laughs> my know. second teams. I I so want them to win this game. Even though France are one of the best sides in the world, I'm going for the underdog in that. Nice. Um, but New Zealand taking on Wales. New Zealand have some selection headaches now, don't they? With the th- they've managed to get their entire squad out over the course of three weeks in these pool play, and I feel like no matter who they play in their 32, it's
0: it's so strong, isn't it? How good that New Zealand is in that position right now like just the scary thing again is I said that about France it's scary their depth we're talking about New Zealand you know selection headaches at 10 12 13 all over the pitch wing everything you got, and you've got the likes of Kelly Brazier you know 40 plus veteran in mm-hmm. the 15s game who can cover 9 10 12 15 you got Ella uh, Blackwell who's just one of the, the you know when she was playing in the second row and you've got Elias I know. Elders. Yeah, so you've got just players. so many incredible world class players who and that's just a testament to the, the amazing girls in the squad. So oh gosh. I, I know who my centres would be. Who would they be? Potentially, potentially. Maybe well, I'll keep us, them close. Tell us that who would you be
2: starting? oh I'm not the coach but, um, but I've, I mean I've you've got... played there you've been in those positions right what do you need out of a 12 and 13 do you need players that complement each other what What do you sort of what do you like the look of
0: oh yeah absolutely you need that and you got like, I think Black Ferns have the best backs yeah 100% of the best backs of all the teams so you've got your threatening back three you just need centres to distribute you know lead the defensive lines 12, 13s I think in a game, that first game, Australia-New Zealand, player that stood out for me was Stacey Flula. And because when you needed someone to step up, the X Factor will always win your games. Mm. And I know when you're watching, and you're an outside centre, there's different roles, completely different to a 12, completely different, again, if you have different attacking systems where if you are going to crash at whatever the target ruck, whether the 12 or 13 is the second playmaker, but... Just her natural ability to find the outside shoulder and fend off to give that space and just deliver for New Zealand, I thought she will be in that she needs to be there she has 13, to be. yeah one hundred percent, yeah Teresa Fitzpatrick is uh the silent work she's been there forever, consistently, yeah world class and I was like, I remember watching the first five minutes of that game writing our notes see like I was, I was like to rent' rent, we have our notes so we can you know. Just just seeing if she does A few more touches Oh yeah, There it is There it is She's gonna <laughs> She's on Hazel Tubick. Oh just watching her And, and obviously I do. I roomed With her in Barbaz Oh phenomenal Person and mm. play I love her I love so many oh, I love all of them mm. And uh, really privileged To be friends with, with most of the girls That I know I don't know all of them mm. But um, And even Gossy That morning We were meant to have coffee But we had to go Pick up Liz at the airport We bumped into R- Teresa I'm um, at the airport that morning too, but um yeah, it might give you an idea as who I potentially think and, that, and that's a testament that the other girls who have been incredible the yeah. Sylvia De Branson. She was all awesome. Of, <laughs>
2: She's just an eighteen, nineteen yeah, year old. Absolutely. She's amazing.
0: She's a teenager. Absolutely. It's crazy. They've got like four or five in those centres yeah. that can just yeah. do a job. And even yeah. Yeah so they've they're wonderful and how incredible for them mm-hmm. to get to train and play alongside the likes of Theresa and um so cool Yeah yeah but um that, that, yeah that's all I uh, I, that's my my personal. Uh, I'm not sure if Love I should it. have said that in public. But. <laughs> you're you're very more than qualified to be able to
2: comment on that. Oh. So that's great. If we move on to the Sunday matches quickly, England, how do you stop their rolling ball? Hmm. Because they're masters, aren't they? They scored 13 tries on the weekend, and they all came from their forwards. Yeah. And that wasn't even their best team.
0: Yeah, isn't that? How do you stop them? Scary. It was, if it's further up, you can you can obviously just not engage in them all. But their uh, but team know, just kicks yeah. them right down the field. Exactly. So you just want to uh, obviously, mind you, discipline in that area so they don't enter the green zone. Um, that game against South Africa, uh, I was looking forward to them unleashing the back three because likes of Jess Breachers are dangerous too. Abidal yeah, back from injury. I caught up with Jess's parents there, um, and she wore some, a few of the girls wore pink ribbons in their hair to support Breast Cancer Awareness Week, and her mum was affected by it. So it was great to see her mum healthy and strong in New Zealand, they all traveled over. Um, The other thing, though, like, I mean, the black friends will find a way. Oh, you know, whoever gets to you know, battle them in that sort of top top four um, will find a way to stop, because England are beatable. I mean teams have held them out defensively, mm. you know, some teams have held them out five nil, ten 0 and half, and defence will win it. It's just yeah, it won't be easy though, obviously. They're a strong
2: team, aren't they? They're a very strong outfit. Um and that's why they're unbeaten in twenty seven games, 28 which is twenty eight games. 28 yeah, games yeah. Three over three years it's like the most remarkable stat, um, male or female team. Um and the last match, Canada USA, who we've just seen play each other, but Canada for me. They're a bit of a dark horse in this competition. They, I know that they're they're ranked what is it second or third in the world? Like their ranking is ridiculous, but they sort
0: of fly under the radar. This is a really good team. Yeah, they're, they're, they're super. The, the the only if they get their backs in the game a bit more uh, to have a more balanced, you know, strength in their their team. Yeah, absolutely mm. challenging for those those spots. And and uh, we had Brianna Miller actually on our panel. We got her in. She's a guarded garb- for her guarded yeah. for her. Um, yeah, she's just such a wonderful person and just perspective wise. Um, so she joined us and we played in Barbarians together too. So got, you know and you know these girls off the pitch and um, she and uh, the likes of Laura who who used to be the former captain. Few girls are injured um, and Anna pa- uh, um Packers and those girls are. We're saying that they know that they haven't played there full, you know, best yet. So that's scary in itself. Still to come. It is yeah. still to
2: come. And we've got knockout football to come this weekend as well, which will all be live and exclusive on Spark Sport. We're so lucky to have you here. Um, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to jump into your story. I know you don't like talking about yourself, <laughs> but it's a story that needs to be shared because this woman sitting across from me is honestly unbelievable, both what she's achieved on and off the field.
1: That was your Rugby World Cup preview.
0: Every moment of every match. Catch the Rugby World Cup live and on demand on SparkSport.
2: Welcome back to The Black Fern Show right here on SENZ. We love celebrating all things women and rugby in this programme and we're so lucky to have Senna joining us on the show. Again, thank you so much for giving up your time. We, we know that you've got whānau here in New Zealand and you could be spending it with them, so we appreciate it so much. But just on, on your own career... It has been a remarkable career. You started off playing in New Zealand, watching your brothers from a very your brother from a very young age, as you've said. You moved over to Ireland in two thousand and nine with your partner, and you've won Six Nations. You've won the Grand Slam. You've played for Connaught, You've played for Leicester. It has been something so special. You've even been labelled uh, one of the most influential uh, sportswomen in Ireland. Which, I read this and I'm like, wow. Well, this is this is seriously amazing, and I feel like your story and your journey needs to be told. Um, can we go back to you growing up? You grew up in Omuru with your siblings and a solo mum. Your mum must be the most incredible woman,
0: you know. Oh, Kirsty, thanks so much for having me here. Like such an honour to to chat with you. My family is a big fans of yours. Um, yeah, my mum is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Isn't? Yeah, she's uh, she's awesome. Yeah, for uh, for kids in the uh, north of Otago, Waomaru, and uh, yeah she's still going strong. Hmm. And was sport always it growing up? Did you guys play everything?
2: And was there just so much competition between you and your siblings?
0: (laughs) Um, Oh we had a small house, massive backyard so you know naturally you just get out and and play all sorts. Um, There was us four and then you know cousins few cousins around as well so yeah that was good fun yeah
2: and when did you first fall in love with rugby when did you know that's my sport
0: when i was watching uh we'd go down to centennial park in Oamaru watching you know old boys was my brother's team and uh, north otago go along watch him and he was number 10 and he kind of uh he reminded me don't laugh me he reminded me of uh carlos spencer kind of that those vibes And uh, (laughs) I remember they'd win games and community will be on, everyone will be, oh, this is amazing, you know. Just to see the impact, expressing yourself on the pitch and, you know, contributing to the team, what it does to your community, Mm. I was just really inspired by it. And I was like, oh, I just wanted to get involved. And then I, I did, and then I just sort of joined in school uh, but basketball was my first sport and then played a few others, you know, netball and those sorts of things. But um, as I got older, I thought, oh, rugby felt a bit more inclusive yeah. and a bit more accessible for me. And, uh, yeah, just went from there. What is
2: your favourite rugby memory? What What's something that you think back of and, and it makes you happy?
0: Oh, awesome question. Because um, my niece is playing now too, so it's just... Awesome to, to no, hear you get how to much watch they, them. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I think captain in Ireland having the responsibility of um, captain in Ireland against England uh, in Twickenham, and it was one of those things where um, I'd been vice, vice captain was vice captain for a few years, so you know my role is to support our Kira Griffin at the time. Uh, she's retired, so. Both of us have uh, retired, but um, in that era, it was one of those things that uh, she uh, she was injured for a game, and it was that one. So the week after, I had to you know step into that and and do that uh, you know one or two three times. Um, yeah, that was probably special because uh, it was a different type of reflection in terms of you know I'll, I'll always be proud of where I come from, and then mm. I'll also also be proud of being Irish, and I think. Um, it was rugby that, you know, gave me that uh, sense of um, belonging and contribution, not just from where I come from, but also for the girls in the room at that time and for what it would mean to, to Ireland, Um, Yeah.
2: Amazing occasion and congratulations as well. That is so wonderful. Captaining oh. Ireland, you know, like it's it's incredible. And and winning the Six Nations and winning the Grand Slam in, in 2016, what is that like? Can you give us some sort of understanding of what women's rugby is like over in the UK and Europe?
0: Oh, thanks, Kirsty. I actually, so, yeah, very... very fortunate to be a part of the squad to win the 2015 uh, Six Nations 2015 sorry yeah no no you're okay I actually came in the year after the girls won the Grand Slam and if anything uh not the year after like a, a couple of years after they won the Grand Slam and if anything I was inspired to you know try and make my way into the 15 squad because of the Grand Slam win that actually inspired me and uh, the likes of your Lynn Campwells and Nora Stapleton. Lynn's here, actually. She's the mm. director of uh, <laughs> Women's Rowing for South Africa. Which so is amazing. Yeah, isn't it? Um, so we were just chatting about it yesterday. Actually, just quite funny that you inspired me to come back in 15. And now I'm <laughs> like, commentating on this. Um, but, um, yeah, the it, it was... um can't quite articulate this uh, Kirstie was special. It was yeah. an honour and, obviously, a, a proud moment um for the team and then for the country and then obviously for my family and friends. Um, I'd gone to Ireland to support George's career and mm. um, and he did wonderful as well for him. And uh, yeah, to, to have that um, experience and sort of work twice as hard in some ways. Um, have many years here in New Zealand sort of training through academy systems and all that sort of stuff and then go to Ireland and relearn everything. And uh, yeah, that was something that I'm proud of because I... I think for me, um, it took uh, just that sort of attitude to never give up.
2: Take us back to the moment where you decided to pack up, leave your whānau, your support systems in New Zealand and and head over to the UK and, and make that move to Ireland. What did you think you'd be doing, you know? Did you ever imagine that you'd be captaining Ireland, playing at Twickenham, playing in the Six Nations, going to a home Rugby World Cup in 2017? Had, did you have any idea that this was to
0: come when you moved over? No way. Yeah, no, I, I went purely to support mm. Um, George, I actually thought I'd, you know, just ready to sort of, um, you know, I thought I'd be, you know, ready to settle and, have, you know, start a family and those sorts of things. And the the, the irony was that uh, when I went there and uh, met just our awesome rugby family, Conduct Rugby First and all the other foreigners that were there, and they're just wonderful. Then I realised, like, a you know, f- couple of months into it and those sorts of things, I was thinking, oh... I need to do something else before that. I just felt that intrinsic motivation. Before I get to that, yeah. I, I need to make sure I, um, you know, serve a purpose. that took so many years for me to train and not, well, you know, not that it was not not waste it, but um, just see where I can get with it. And that's actually they actually then and a number of other things kind of inspired me to just yeah, I might as well go for it. Life is too short. Yeah,
2: hundred percent. I mean, you've achieved all these things on the field, but it hasn't always been easy off the field. Some of the sacrifices that I'm sure you've had to make. There's been health scares along the way, which I won't go into unless you want to. Um, Making it to New Zealand trials, but but not playing for New Zealand. You've gone through through all of this, and when you when you look at what you've done and you think back to some of these moments, like how do you feel? You must be so proud of yourself.
0: Oh, thanks, Kirsty. Oh, I feel, um, oh, I'm not sure if you're similar, but like... You should be proud of yourself. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, It's it's not me, to be honest. You know, it's, it's one of those things that you never really, I don't sort of dwell on too much because certainly there's so many other people who are doing just incredible, wonderful things and so many other people who are struggling with so many things. So you just sort of... You know chip away and do your thing um
2: yeah you're amazing you're an amazing person um before we let you go just just a couple more things um you're now working for world rugby as part of the women's advisory council and you've got your own business as well. You're such as you're so successful. Honestly, it's it's remarkable. And I know you're so humble, and you probably don't want to talk about this. But when these articles in the Times in Ireland that is labeling you like one of the most influential women, how does that make you feel?
0: Honestly, I I genuinely, cursor Like, obviously, it's uh it's very humbling. Yeah. But it's honestly not about me. Like like. I, I I genuinely I I'm grateful that there is a recognition there. Yeah. But no way, it's not about me. It's um like there's a reason that someone is elevated, and it's always because of the team. So so that was a some things are from a sports thing, and there's no way I would have got there without my club or my mm-hmm. province or the countries like Ireland rugby as a team. Um, and then other certain things, you know, there's no way that um I whoever it is would get there without the village so it's more um a duty you know as in like yeah I'm just for me from a self-awareness I for me to be um productive and those sorts of things I can't let things overwhelm me too much and just fair enough yeah be um sort of structured and strategic just so I can deliver and then let the let the action speak for itself and If that was it, then that was it, but it wasn't just me. Yeah,
2: yeah. you're you're such a humble person, and I can see why you're loved by so many as well. It's truly like a pleasure for me to be able to meet you. Um, On this show, we want to inspire people. That's really what we're all about here on The Black Fern Show. We want people to pick up a rugby ball. We want young girls to pick up a rugby ball. We want teenagers to do it. We want to encourage uh, people from all walks of life to watch the game as well. What would you like to say? Is there, is there a message that you have for people that are listening to this show that would like to play the game, would love to watch the game? What would you
0: say to them? Oh, thanks, Kirsty, for that, those kind words and the opportunity here. Now, something simple that anyone can do if it is that you want to support the women's game, and it's not even in rugby, it's in all sports, mm. is you can simply just watch it, message a player who plays a sport to say good luck in your training, you could just con- you find ways to connect. There's a million ways you could connect with you know players and teams, and there's a, a number of ways you can just support by watching or going along, taking your family to the games. Um, yeah, those are some of the I just think some practical, easy things people can do because. You doing that just makes you part of it. Yeah. And um, if I were you and and you're a newcomer to the women's game, we're just getting started. This World Cup is obviously 15s World Cup. It's a pinnacle event in the 15s game. Next year there's going to be just a brand new global women's competition. How good? Three teams. How good? So inclusive. Yeah. All the regions involved. Never had that ever before, Mm. not even in the men's game. So this is just the beginning and – You know, your support in those ways will go a very, very long way um, to ensuring that girls and women have the same opportunities as boys and men do.
2: Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for everything that you've done on the field. Thank you for everything you've done off it, and all that you will do because I know there's so much more still to come as well. You've inspired so many and you've inspired me just sitting at the same table as me. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming on our Black Blackthorn show and inspiring so many people that are listening.
0: Thank you so much, Kirsty, and thank you so much to the Black Ferns as well for inspiring all of us. 100%. Well, I'm so excited to talk
2: to our next guest right here on the Black Fern Show. He's a Welshman who now calls New Zealand home. He's been here for almost two decades and he's entrenched in women's rugby, both sevens and fifteens in the Manawatu region. A number of his players that he coached at high school are now playing at the Rugby World Cup and for different nations as well. It's an absolute honour and a pleasure to welcome in Rob Jones, who's head of PE at Fielding High School. Jonesy, they call you. Welcome into the program and thank you for giving up your time.
1: No, thank you for having me on.
2: Before we actually get into some of these players that we've coached, I'm so curious about the background uh, on yourself. Where did your love of rugby come from?
1: Oh, I've been, I, was, I started playing, I think, as a five-year-old um, from my local club back home. It was Ponta Clean uh, Rugby Club I played for. Then I uh, moved up and played for Penter when I was um, 16, 17. I played for the youth team there. Um, then I moved to London to uni and then played for the Welsh Exiles and Borough Road College it was at the time, which was pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, I've been playing a long time, been involved in the game a long time, but only really girls rugby since I came here.
2: So how did you become Jonesy of Fielding High? Because you are now literally known around the world.
1: I, I, I wouldn't go that far either, around the world. Um, oh, I, was, I, think, I think in my last, before I moved over they, they to Cormie Jonesy, I'm probably a bit a bit laid back around 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 that, but um, that's just me, I suppose. Um, yeah, just got involved with the girls over here when um, the, the, the the coaching staff left because their daughter had left at the time, which which makes a lot of sense. Uh, so the parents came in and. And was coaching, and um, one of the teachers got on board to help. A new teacher, and she was um, she played a bit of league, so apparently she could coach rugby. Um, so I thought I, you know, I got asked if I could give her a hand, and I did. And yeah, that was not 2006. Yeah, she's now my wife as well, so that's pretty pretty cool.
2: Oh, that's a great story. Your your wife, so she must be a Kiwi then.
1: Yeah, she's a Kiwi. yeah, yeah you- she's a Kiwi. She she moved up from from Wellington and was. Doing, a, doing her um, teaching stuff at the time, and then yeah, she got into into the coaching side of it, and then um, and then I started giving her a hand, and then yeah, we spent quite a lot of time together, I suppose.
2: Well, you obviously make an incredible team, uh, and you've got four daughters as well, so you are surrounded by women all the time. But you must enjoy it; you must enjoy coaching these ladies.
1: Yeah, I do. I do enjoy it. the The girls are great to work with. They, you know, they listen they they're keen to learn they're keen to to grow um both on and off the field which is great um and it's uh it's it's been a great journey and it yeah you know, my daughter starts here next year so it's uh it, it keeps on going i suppose <laughs>
2: very very cool well let's go back to 2006 um when you first took over the fielding girls rugby program what was it like back then
1: there was, there was some great girls involved um and there's plenty of talent available there, but I suppose um, I was lucky enough at the time to be coaching with the first 15, so learning, so Braden Whitelock was coaching, so he was getting a lot of his stuff because um, he was heavily involved in coaching and the Whitelock boys were there, mm. and I was, I was helping with that, which was great. And um, And I started doing the same stuff with regards to the the girls at the time. So I was learning at the same time and passing it on. So the girls were just thriving, really, in that environment.
2: And Sarah Hedony is one of the players that came out of your school. We all now know her now because there's so many accolades that she's won right from. World Rugby Player of the Year, New Zealand Player of the Year, Olympic, medals, World Cups. She's done it all in both codes. When did you first come across Sarah Hedony? Oh,
1: gossier. Eh? So, um... <laughs> She came. She's a hockey player. She was a hockey player, um, and she was involved in the girls' hockey as a year nine. And she she came over to the rugby one day and just said, "Look, I, I love my hockey. I just want to do some extra fitness, and I like a bit of physicality. So can I come in and be involved in the rugby program just to just to improve my fitness?" And we're like, "Yeah, of course you can come in. You know, we'll encourage to get anyone involved." And um, I think the first contact session, she picked, it, picked me up and stuck me on the floor. And I said, oh, yep, she's <laughs> going to do all right this one. Um, but, yeah, that was as a year nine. So she would have been 13.
2: And what did you see in her back then? I mean, could you have ever imagined when she first rocked out this hockey player and put you on your back that she would go on to achieve everything there is to achieve in the game and be one of the best players in the world?
1: I suppose I was, I'd only been coaching a few years, so I, you know, I wasn't sure, you know, I suppose well, I wasn't sure what I was looking for, really. But um, she's always, she's, she's always um, been there as a, for me, she's probably the hardest working player I've ever been involved with. Um, if she wasn't the best at something, she'd work hard till she was the best. Um, and that is something that she keeps, you know, and that comes from her mum and her dad. Mm-hmm. and her family like she's always worked really really hard and if she wasn't great at something she worked hard until she was you know she turned any any weaknesses she had into a strength um, and even talking to her or oh, geez just a couple of years ago i was having a chat and you know she she doesn't want to just be the best you know the best seventh player in new zealand she wants to be the best player in the world you know mm-hmm. and that's her mindset and that's the work and you could see that in a in a, in a young girl coming off the farm
2: and back then, was she a number seven? What was she playing?
1: <laughs> oh, So, yeah, she, she played. She started off, you know, I suppose, back in the day, anyone who had not played a little bit of, of rugby before were like, well, the best way to learn is to play. <laughs> um, and we'd stick them out on the wing and they would just uh, get a feel for the game, get a bit of contact, get a bit of an understanding around the game um, and then work out. Once you see them play a little bit, you can work out where they sit. So... She played the first probably few, or f- few games on the wing and then she moved in. And she played most of her time at, um, at 10 for us. You know, she could kick, she could read the game. Um, she had a great pass, so she had a great skill set. Um, so she played a lot of her time at 10. At 10.
2: And this is obviously why she can do it all now on, on the field as well. She's an absolute superstar, and she is such a pleasure to watch. We'll move on to uh, another one of the girls that came up through your program as well, and that is Georgia Ponsonby, who has seen in action as a hooker. What was she when you first saw her, and what was she like?
1: Georgia was a, She was in our A1 netball team. She was a, a top netballer, good good ball skills, good footwork. Um and she she was pretty quick back then as well. So I think she started at centre for us. That was her first taste of it, if I remember rightly. She started at centre, and then she moved pretty quickly into into number eight. Um, she was a pretty strong ball carrier, good fence, She could offload, um, those kind of things. So she, that's where she spent most of the time, either at seven or eight or six, depending on, on what we needed at the time. Um, I think it was a great move for, by Canterbury to put her into the into into hooker you mm-hmm. know she's she's really stepped up into that position again you know similar to Gossie, she's a she's off the farm but the back of tie happy mm-hmm. uh you know so she would have been up early work she she's not shy of hard work you know yeah so she, she making the move from eight to two um would have been a lot of a lot of work for her to get the throwing get the positioning you know um and she's um got a lot bigger and stronger as well and more physical so you know it's it's, it's great to see her in that position
2: and when you watch these women on the world stage, what's the overriding emotion for you?
1: So, oh, so special. I was lucky. I went up to Fingerey and watched. Uh, cool. We talk. I imagine Amy. I watched Amy play against France, and then, and then went down to Waitakere and managed to watch <laughs> watch Gossi and Georgia play against Wales. <laughs> <laughs> so that was. Uh, that was good. My mother was in the crowd supporting Wales and I was I was dressed in black and she wasn't too happy.
2: <laughs> well, you won in the end, didn't you?
1: <laughs> well, absolutely, absolutely. So, no, it's really, it really, you know, I, I messaged the girls the other day, like, it's just so good watching their journey, you know, yeah. and just to, to say that you've had a little part of that for yeah. them, you know, which is great.
2: It is so, it's unbelievably special. And another woman who you just mentioned there, Amy Cocaine, who... Has been on the field for England, she represents the Red Roses as a hooker as well. Um, when did you first come across Amy? Like, how far apart were all these ladies? Did any of them cross over?
1: So Amy and Gossie play together. I've got, yeah, I've got some great pictures of Amy as a little year nine and Gossie a couple of years older. So Amy, um, Amy started in 2009. Probably, I hope so I get this right. Two thousand and eight or two thousand and nine and Gossie finished in two thousand and ten. Georgia wasn't until 2013, 14. she well two thousand and fourteen I think, Georgia. Uh she didn't start as a year nine, I think she came in as a year ten. Um so yeah, Amy Amy and Gossie played played in the same sevens team, which was pretty cool. And uh played fifteens together as well.
2: And what's Amy's story? Because she's obviously representing the Red Roses, but she was living in New Zealand. So how did that all work?
1: Oh, So Amy's family had moved over with the Air Force in um, 2007 or eight, I think. And she was playing rugby for Bulls. And then um, she came up to film High School as a year nine and Dad came with her and Dad had been involved in cocaine and, and Sharon. Um, so they came on board as, uh, as co- coaching with me and managing, which was outstanding um, because Ian had done a lot of coaching before. So, I, you know, we probably made we made a really good team there, coaching and managing, which was which was awesome. Um, yeah. And then Amy, Amy played again. She she played at eight for us. She, you know, she's physical, yeah. great ball carrier. You know, she'd take at least three or four people to put her down then create space um, for us um she she was under 16 i think she was she was six, 15 16 and she got called up for the blackburns for a, a trial wow. competition quite a trial uh it was just a trial but there wasn't much funding back then um they couldn't afford to help her with travel or anything so i think dad took her up and took suey up at the same time i think <laughs> uh, so they went up together and, and trialed under brian evans i think it was at the time she was a little bit on the on the outer um, obviously, as a fifteen, sixteen-year-old, it was very scary. But um, you know, she realised then that her heart was probably with England rather mm. than the, rather than New Zealand. Um, yeah, so we had a, we had a bit of a chat about that, me and Amy, and talked about what she wanted to do and where she wanted to go, and and she wanted to play for England. So we we tried to help her get on that path, really.
2: It is so amazing to have three of these women who have come through fielding high school to be, to now be representing their countries on the bigger stage of them all. Um, for you, I've got a couple of questions that I want to ask you. Um, what, what's what been the highlight over all the years, uh, all of these players that you've, as you say, played a little part in their journey? What's been the highlight for you? What's been the best thing about it?
1: Jeez. Um... The best bit really has probably been just getting to see them live out their dreams. Really, you know, as a as a teacher and a coach, you all you really want is the best thing mm. for these players and whatever that might be. You know, we we keep in touch with players who have just settled down with families and it's, they're living their best life. And these girls have chosen professional rugby and they're living their best life. And just being a, having the opportunity to catch up with them and you know, seeing what they are achieving and and how well they've progressed as players and individuals, like they're fantastic they're not they're not kids anymore, but mm. they're fantastic athletes and people. Um and that's really really you know, you take a lot of you take a lot out of that and it's it's great to see them achieving what they want to achieve. Yeah, it so is
2: I love that I love that so much before we let you go Rob because uh, I am cautious of your time on a public holiday Monday so thank you so much for coming on but I feel like it's inevitable at some stage New Zealand and England are going (laughs) to meet in this cup so when they do what do you do do you sit there with one of those split jerseys on with England on one side New Zealand on the other and Wales on the back or how do you watch that game you win either way don't you
1: rugby the old cliche rugby's the winner on the day that <laughs> day um oh it's quite funny I, like i i wore an england jersey up in Fangare watching um watching amy against france um i had my black in jersey and underneath but i had a i had an england hoodie on top um my daughter was up there with me and she um she had an england jersey on because she can play for england or wales or all the Blackburns, but the only team she wants to play for is New Zealand. Nice. Um, I suppose when it comes, when it comes to that, I'll be, I'll be supporting all the girls, but I'll be supporting the Blackburns. Yeah. Um, and Amy, Amy knows that, but I'll be supporting Amy. You know, if she can have a really good game, really good game, but, you know, I'll be hoping the Blackburns will tip them over. But if, you know, as long as the girls perform and they do their best, I'll be happy.
2: Well, that's the it's final that we all want to see, isn't it? New Zealand taking on England, hopefully, in three weeks' time at Eden Park. And we no doubt you'll be up here then as well. Rob, thank you so much for coming on the programme and thank you for everything that you have done for the sport in New Zealand. Uh, the women's game needs more champions like you, so thank you.
1: Thank you very much for your kind words.
2: Thank <laughs> you so much. Rob Jones joining us for the Black Fern Show right here on SENZ. Well that is us done and dusted for another week. This is the Black Fern show on SENZ and I just wanted to say a massive congratulations to the Black Ferns for making it through to the quarterfinals. Well done to each and every one of you that are sticking by our team supporting them through thick and thin over the last 12 months. It hasn't always been easy but they have come good. It is great news. Uh, and to all of you that went out on the bank at uh, Whangarei Stadium to watch our ladies in action. It has just been sensational. Keep getting out, keep supporting them. You can get tickets at Black ferns.com so don't forget and a big thank you so much to our guests for coming on the program today rob jones jonesy is an absolute legend and of course to sene naupu from spark sport and the legendary island player herself that is us enjoy the quarterfinals that is all live on spark sport it's great having your company for another week we'll be back next monday to do it all again have a great night